0: Welcome to United Hour, your one-stop shop for all things Manchester United. I'm your host, Nick. And I'm Imran. Two of us convening here. Uh, We're actually about 24 hours after Ole's got things back on track with a win against Spurs. Uh, Neither myself or you, Imran, were on the last one, which was obviously full of doom and gloom and was all kind of one-way traffic, really, uh, because everybody think was either already Ole out or definitely was after that game. I know myself and you recorded even before that at the Leicester game. And by that point, you were already kind of times up for Ole at that point, right? And then I know you were at Old Trafford the Liverpool game I actually wasn't there I want, I actually wanted to be and I was really disappointed at the last minute well not last minute but like a few days before I got quite ill ended up complete with laryngitis lost my voice which is only just about to come back but yeah it was a blessing in disguise in the end that I missed that game but you were there uh, I know that you left early and uh, normally I would say I can't believe anyone did that but on that game I can totally understand uh, why people would have left uh, Especially after Pogba uh, got sent off. Yeah, you didn't leave at half time, right?
1: No, no, I left with that ten minutes to go. I think um, probably it's definitely the earliest I've left Old Trafford. I think like once or twice I've left at ninety, just if we I have to get something to be somewhere to be. But generally, I'll stay to the end. But I think it for me it was um, my way of protesting, almost like not happy with this, and I think it's more productive than booing because that just. Yeah, I mean, that won't happen at the end of the game at Old Trafford, regardless of what happens. There won't be any booing or anything, which I kind of understand. But, yeah, yeah. I and mean,
0: you know there was kind of discussion after this of, is this the worst ever? And yeah, I'd have to say, you know, it, it is the worst ever. I mean, I was at that Manchester City 6-1 game, but that was nowhere near as bad as this because we were still kind of in the game uh, for most of it. And we had somebody sent off uh, yeah. much earlier on. And three of the goals came
1: in uh, pretty much the last five minutes, I think.
0: Exactly. Um, I mean, I will say that that match, the 6-1 against City, is the only time I've ever left the game early. Uh, And at that season, my seat was actually the block, which was right next to the away fans behind the goal in K-Stand. And it's like the greatest place to be when you win a big game, (laughs) but it's absolutely the worst place to be if you're losing and especially getting hammered in the Manchester derby. I mean, my seat was literally about, you were like five, six rows away from like where the away fans were. Uh, You know, they tended for those kind of big games to have a stream of kind of stewards or something in the middle. But yeah, about as close as you could be. So yeah, that's the only time I've ever left early. As I say, I would not begrudge people leaving early at that game. Uh, the Liverpool game, it was an absolute mess. I can't remember one that was ever as much one-way traffic. You know, and there's even been times when we were way behind Liverpool, uh, you know, but we'd still always give a big fight in those kind of games. Mm. So just to capitulate completely was crazy. Uh, and, I, I, you know, as I said, I know that you were already kind of lost patience with Ole before that game. Uh, I was not on the pod last week, and I think it's only, probably only me and Ed from our kind of group who were still not fully kind of Ole out even after the Liverpool game. Although, yeah, I have to say I was losing faith myself. I wasn't, it was more that I couldn't really see somebody turning it around after a game like that. Because just, you know, it's not even the result. Like losing to Liverpool is one thing. It was just the level of how far behind we were and how, you know, the game was done within like half an hour. Um But I still said after the game that I would give Ole, until the international break, three more matches um, but yeah, for me, it had to be no more losses and you were looking to be getting like seven points from these three matches. So look, well, the first one is out of the way. We've got three points against Spurs. I'm not getting too excited because Spurs are not very good at all at the moment. Uh, yeah, that, seem... that is an
1: understatement as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. I mean, uh, I was kind of surprised how kind of bad they were, yeah. um, and, you know, I, was, we...
1: I was genuinely shocked. I know like a lot of people have been saying, oh, Spurs are bad this season. Obviously, I haven't really watched much of Spurs, but my God, they were terrible. I mean, I would, I, would, I would not like to think what the score would have been if they had played Liverpool last weekend. I mean, Christ, if we were bad last weekend, they would have been even worse. They were absolutely dreadful.
0: Yeah, they look quite lost at the moment. I, I do think it's still a bit crazy as well that um, Nuno Santo is, you know, people are already talking about the sack. Like, for me, obviously, anyone who listens to this podcast will know I'm somebody who likes to give a manager time, who thinks managers deserve to at least get their chance to uh, put their kind of stamp on a squad. And, you know, he's barely been there five minutes. Whereas, look, it's absolutely clear that Ole now is at the point where there is higher expectations. We cannot say that he's starting and, you know, in transition or anything. Uh, But So, yeah, this season has not gone so well. But another three points. And all of a sudden, we're not looking that far behind. Uh, I mean, before we get into the match, like my big question for somebody like you, who says, look, I've already lost faith in Ole. Would, what, what would he do now to actually turn your opinion back around to be backing him again?
1: Having a title challenge stroke coming very close to winning the league or going very deep into the Champions League. Because just a win over Spurs, I mean, that's not going to do anything to change anything. Um, because I still feel we'll have the same problems again when we come up against either A, strong opponents, or B, just in those random games where we just look terrible. A one-off game like that doesn't change anything. Like it wouldn't change anything for you, a one-off game. For me, it also doesn't change anything. Yes, it was nice to see us look a lot more organized, and like we had some sort of plan, and we were kind of playing together as a cohesive team, which was nice. But but yeah, as anything short of just miraculous results from now on would have to get me back on all side.
0: I mean, look, even for me, like one game, I'm not all of a sudden like, listen, we're back on. Everything's fine because it's going to take a lot more than one game to undo the damage done by a five nil loss at home to your biggest rivals. Uh, and as I said, for me, Ole has got these three games until like the international break and I don't think he can lose any of these. So there's two more matches left and really we should be looking at seven points. So the city in Atlanta left in the next week, I think we need to be at least winning one of those and maybe drawing one of those, mm. uh, you know, a loss in either of those puts again, a lot of pressure. If there were both draws, I, I don't know. That's kind of where you're just in the kind of wishy-washy sitting on the fence kind of area. But yeah, look, we cannot be affording to lose any of those two games. And you know the crazy thing is, if you look at the Premier League, say we were to beat City next weekend, we'd be on level with points with them. Yeah, uh, it's mad. That you know that is how crazy. Two two games here and there can change everything. You know we're only like kind of joint uh, just behind top four now. I think West Ham, just as we're recording, are playing and are winning, so look like they're getting those three points. So it does mean that we will actually be three points off top four, whereas at the start of today we were equal with them. Um, but look, that's not like sackable offense for me to be three points off top four. The only issue is that we are obviously falling behind first spot and expectations were high at the start of this season. And even me, yeah, I said, look, we need to be making a title challenge. It's not enough to finish top four. Whereas last year we might've said, look, it's enough just to be second, to be third. This year we are all expecting more and rightly so. Um but look anyway, look, let's let's delve into the game a little bit more before we get into some of the bigger questions. Um so you know, all the talk obviously pre-game and everything was what is Ole gonna do to try and fix what happened against Liverpool. Uh we did then have that Atalanta game. Um that was just before, but it gave us a week off because we didn't have a Carling Cup match in the middle. So for the first time this season, he had a week off to think about it, a week off to try something different, and he had changed it up completely. I think it's the first time in a long time that he's gone for something different. Uh, You know, we saw early, especially in Ole's seasons, that he was going for three at the back. He was trying diamonds. Sometimes he'd go for these split forwards. So he was being a lot more pragmatic, trying to tailor things to certain matches. But I'd say, like, nearly all this year, he's not done anything apart from 4-2-3-1. I mean, you might call it sometimes whether it was four two four. It might have been slightly tweaked here and there, but really he was stuck to this formation and he has finally changed it going into this game. Of course he started with three at the back. Um and dropped basically all our wide players and mm-hmm. ended up with Ronaldo and Cavani up front. Yep. That was going to be the most interesting thing for me was to see how can Ronaldo and Cavani play up front because previously you know people said well they can't play together they're the same kind of player they're both kind of aging So there's was, no way who was they can this? Both... Ah, that sounds nonsense that was it it was kind of and you know but we had seen ole kind of throw cavani in a couple of times and they both ended up on the pitch at the same time uh, but this was the first time they started a game and yeah look i think it couldn't have really gone much better right we were a lot
1: of people have said, because of how Ronaldo was at Madrid and he had Benzema next to him, and Benzema was very selfless in a way and just allowing Ronaldo to be Ronaldo. And, and Ronaldo himself has often just sung the praise of Benzema for his role in that team. And so when he's coming to us, a lot of people said, we need that figure next to him to be that Benzema. And I mean, Cavani's is just an absolute class apart. Still, in his advancing age, he's still a top class player works for the team works for everyone around him intelligent good runs like ronaldo and i just think the two of them just had so much intelligence and class to the front of your front of your team that it's just hard to deal with uh, i will temper every single thing i say on this pod with it was just spurs and spurs were awful and maybe a defense that was even a modicum competent might deal with them better but I mean, they just give them torrid time and they didn't really look comfortable with either of them, which is kind of what you want to see. But, yeah, I was very happy to see Cavani come in. I just think he needs to start more. I think he's a great player. He sets the tone from the front, chasing all those balls down. Just makes a world of difference, really. Um, and then when he's on the pitch, other players work harder as well. He just he sets that tone throughout the side and it just works. Um, so, yeah, I was, that was nice to see.
0: No, I think it was absolutely great to see. I mean, there was some points where you could see they were both kind of occupying the same space or run making the similar runs. I mean, but it, it was uh, the first time they've ever started a game together, so you know they will have to work these out. But
1: ultimately, they ha- they combined for a great goal as well. So, and they seem to they seem to like enjoy playing with each other from a very small sample size. I don't know what I'm basing that on, but you know they they seem to. So you know, going forward, I think it could be something that works. I guess the only big question is then that's a lot of big names to be leaving out every week.
0: That is the crazy thing that then, you know, we end up with a bench of Rashford, Greenwood, Sancho, and then even there's like, you know, Lingard and Martial not even making the bench Um, and what happens there. But I think that, you know, and even as somebody who's been an Ole supporter, my biggest gripe has always been that he's not used the squad well. He's not rotated well. Some players are overplayed. Mm -hmm. The kind of fringe players don't get enough time and this season he's got to change uh, and you know he could stick with this formation and the likes of Rashford and Greenwood could yeah. very easily come into it uh, yeah I would know. like
1: to see that you know I mean a top two of Rashford and Greenwood I think could be really nice as well so I agree with you like for the, the Atl- Atlantis game coming up I wouldn't be adverse to seeing Ronaldo come out for one of them or Cavani or, or both to be honest with you I think the issue is when it's Ronaldo, you've got to have someone next to him who's going to do a lot of work. And you just wonder whether Rashford or Greenwood will do that when they're next to him.
0: I know what you mean. I mean, I don't have that many worries about Rashford doing the hard work. Uh, he's done it before. Hmm. Uh, you know, even if we think back to like Mourinho seasons where Rashford was almost playing wing back now and again, uh, Greenwood kind of less so, but i have still seeing times where he's ready to put in a shift. He maybe is not as aware of where he should be and who he should be tracking because he's still a young player and, you know, has always been much more obviously about the attacking side of it. But he's not somebody who's lacks in effort either. Uh, but I, I look, I think this kind of setup could suit those players. Uh, there's yeah. still a question mark on, you know, what happens to somebody like Sancho. But I think one of the big questions that will happen from this, and, uh, you know, one of our big supporters of the podcast, Cantonars Collar on Twitter had put out questions over what's everybody's thoughts about this formation. Mine was that is it just a one-off that Ole's pulled out for this match to kind of shore things up, to get things back on track, or is he going to stick with this now because it's worked? Mm -hmm. Uh, So what you're saying, you think he should stick with this for Atlanta coming up, and then we've got City as well. And City, that City game, is one of the games where he has played this kind of uh, three in the back and split forwards in the past.
1: He'll 100% play this against City. I'm not sure what he'll do against Atlanta, but you'd think he would stick with it again so they get more comfortable for the City game. I guess, I mean, that's, that is my question as well. Like, is this almost a failing on Ole in the sense that we have, he has clearly tried this season to make us more progressive and on the front, front foot? And he has maybe realized he can't do it or the players we have can't do it or whatever. We can't do it, basically. And so now we've had to switch back to this defensive lineup. And it is, the way we do it is quite defensive. I know you people can say you can play three-five-two 5 2 and it's super attacking or it's three-four-three, three, whatever. But that's not really how we do it. So the fact that he has had to bring in an extra center back, had to go defensively, is that a failing then on him and his management? Do you see it or do you just see it as him
0: adapting and doing what he can? I think that, look, as I said, in his early days, and even like this time last season, Ole was still mixing things up. Uh, you know, I can remember him playing three at the back in Leipzig. I can remember him trying a diamond. And he was still <clears throat> trying different things. But since we went on that run that took us to the top of the league last Christmas, since then, we've seen virtually the same formation every single match. So Ole was trying to move away from being a pragmatist And doing what needed to be done to saying, listen, this is our formation. This is my style. Because, you know, there's always been this question mark of, oh, what is Ole's style? What is his system? And I think he wanted to say, this is what we're going to be doing. And he stuck to it. But this season, it quite clearly has not worked. So I think he had no option but to go and change it up. Uh, And, you know, sometimes you just have to change it up because it can get into the players' heads that this isn't working. and just to give them a boost of saying, look, we're going to do something different now, it then kind of gives players mentally the idea that, all right, this is something different. We can work with this. Because, you know, they then start doubting themselves whether that system is right, whether it's the way to be. And you have to change something. Uh, I think, you know, I didn't ask you that question, but I think some people were expecting a lot more changes to personnel. Yeah. You know, really, it was only really two changes, uh, Varane and Cavani. Whereas the rest of the team was basically the same team that got absolutely hammered by Liverpool. Uh, I mean, did you think there might have been a few more actual changes in personnel? Did I think there would, or did I did I feel like there should have been? Both.
1: I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think there would because Ollie likes to stick to. Well, who he likes to stick to? I feel like there should have been. I feel like a lot of those players are very, very fortunate to be able to pull on the shirt for a second game in a row after that Liverpool performance. Um, and to be honest with you, I feel like we could have changed half the squad, gone out against uh, Spurs and still beat them because they were that bad. Um, But yeah, I think like people like Freddie McTominay, even Bruno, Ronaldo, pretty much the entire back four all count themselves lucky to have got an extra start. And a lot of them, to be fair, like McTominay, really put in a shift and really put in a good game. Bruno as well, really good, his best game for a long time. Um, And Ronaldo, obviously, with his goal and assist really good performance and actually to be fair i thought ronaldo was probably one of our better players because he got a lot of stick i thought he was generally one of our better players against liverpool for what he had to feed off which was barely anything um but yeah i thought what well, i would personally have liked to see more changes but i mean it worked in the end of the day um i feel like the only poor performance for me were fred really i thought fred wasn't great uh caught on the ball a lot some sloppy in position which Basically, bad Fred. We know what we know. We we know what good Fred can be. We know what bad Fred can be. And this was more bad Fred for me. And to be honest with you, when we play in this formation with three centre backs, um, I do not see why that position can't be made for Van der Beek. I assume you'd put Pogba back in there when he comes in. But yeah, when you have three centre backs behind you, you, I don't see why you need Fred and McTominay, especially when you're looking for Fred to play. I mean, Fred. I think I feel like from the average position chart that I saw, Fred wasn't that much deeper than Bruno because it well, was McTominay at the base and then it was Fred and Bruno almost dovetailing with Bruno a little bit advanced but there wasn't that much distance between them um, so if you're putting Fred in that advanced position surely you want someone who's better on the ball and I don't see why that can't be van der Beek
0: yeah no I mean the average position chart for this game is very interesting because it's the first time Ole has gone for something different Uh, So you're saying the midfield, McTominay was quite clearly at the base and the deepest player. Mm. Uh, Fred and Bruno are more or less in line with each other. Um, I mean, that was a
1: massive difference because this whole season, Bruno's basically been in line with Ronaldo. And now in this game, we finally got him to be more close to his midfielders. And I mean, to be fair, it wasn't just a formation change. That was the thing. It was the whole outlook of the team. We were far more compact. Uh, Neville was saying it a lot in commentary, but there was like the distance between the, the centre-backs and the strikers when we, when we didn't have the ball. It was a lot closer than it has been. And not only that, there wasn't these random one-man press missions where some people press and others don't. When we lost the ball, we generally would get back into our own half and we start defending in our own half. Um, and it kind of worked because Spurs really had zero creativity, zero ideas. And interesting to get through us, apart from a couple of set pieces where we looked a bit ropey, but we'll always look ropey at set pieces because that's our jam. Um, but, yeah, in terms of the at work of how we actually defended, it was a definite change from what we've been seeing, which is we've been looking like a team without a, a plan when we don't have the ball. But today, yesterday, we definitely looked like we had a plan without the ball.
0: And, I, like, you know, and we'd said it, like I said, never mind the Liverpool game. We said it after the Leicester game that it has been our defense that's been failing us all season. Uh, You know, if you looked at stats of our attacking play, chances created, goals scored, we were up there in like the top four in most of the attacking stats, whereas we're way at the bottom in all those defensive stats. So that for me is the reason why Ole's just gone, right, listen, I'm going full defense, three Mm. in the back, plus what on paper looked like two more defensive midfielders. But as you say yourself, Fred was kind of pushed up a little bit. And from what I understand, I can't say I've watched that many of the games, but, you know, he's been doing really well for Brazil and they play in that kind of system. It's a three with one sitting midfielder who's either kind of Casemiro or Fabinho. Fred is then pushed a little bit further on on the left side and then they have another midfielder on the right. Um, And That is supposed to be, in theory, what his most comfortable position is where he's still pushing from the front. Uh, I do agree that he didn't have his best game, although he did pull out one of the best shots I've ever seen Fred make. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) that's he made that That shot. That's not a high bar, is it? (laughs) Um, But no, that was like when we were just starting to press for a goal. Um, You know, we say this game was easy for us, but it wasn't like, I think, you know, the first goal was what, about half an hour in?
1: Yeah, to be Uh, fair, though, the game was always going to be a cagey start just because of how both teams were coming into it with such poor form, low on confidence. I mean... It would have been a shock if either a team had just come out and started blitzing the other one or anything. It was very much, let's go on some raids of attacks, but also make sure we're, we're compacting defence. Uh, to be fair, Spurs probably I enjoyed the better of the first half an hour in terms of chances. I think Son was looking a bit lively. Um, he had that one chance where he controlled the ball really well but then shot with his right instead of his left. Um, but then once after about the half an hour-ish mark, I think we really started to take control of the game. And we just looked like the team with the superior quality, uh, typified in that goal by Ronaldo, which was absolutely brilliant.
0: Yeah. And, you know, like I say, 39 minutes is where we actually make that breakthrough. I did actually think that just before that, we were playing better. And it was just before that, that Fred had that shot. Yeah. it was a couple but After of kind about of openings, 25 minutes, half an hour. And I thought the first 20 minutes or so of the match was just pretty poor quality in general. Mm. There was, like you say, neither team was managing to put much together. There was a, just a kind of malaise in the midfield. But then, yeah, Spurs did put a couple of things together. Uh, there was also that one where Son was through and Aaron Wan-Bissaka made an absolute outstanding tackle to come back on to him there. Uh, but yeah, look, we make the breakthrough. It is Bruno to Cristiano, which is something that people have questioned whether that link-up works or doesn't work. But yeah, look, it was a perfect pass, and that finish is absolutely outstanding. Uh, I think people might even underestimate how difficult it is to pull off that kind of finish. On the volley, needs a little bit of swerve on it because if it goes dead straight, that is not going in. Um, it's absolutely great, and no, that uh,
1: it's dropping just just above Ben Davis's Ben. Da- I think it was Ben Davis. Ben Davis's head. So I mean, he's got to judge him. Not heading the ball at all and then connecting it so sweetly. Oh, it's a beautiful finish.
0: Yeah, I know that uh, Reese, um, also known as Pythagoras in Boots, who's often on the show, it was I'd put the question out on Twitter which did you think was better, Ronaldo's goal or his assist to set up Edison for that goal over there? Because there was an absolutely beautiful kind of chop that he did, that trademark chop, mm. and then perfect kind of threaded through ball to set Cavani up for his shot there. I mean, uh, the, 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 the
1: the pass was nice, but that finish is a much harder skill than that pass. I would, if, if Ronaldo hadn't made that pass, you'd be disappointed in him. If Ronaldo doesn't score that shot, you wouldn't be like, Oh, that's a, a blatant chance. miss, Ronaldo. You'd be like, Oof, unlucky kind of thing. Um, it was a very nice, assist, but that goal was another level.
0: No. Yeah, I agree. That goal was absolutely perfect. Um, just to go back, because, yeah, I had to start talking about the average position chart, which I always like to look at. It was always kind of also interesting that when you look at the three defenders, Varane's obviously come back in and he's the one who sits by far the deepest of the three. Mm. And Lindelof and Maguire are the ones who are given a bit more license to push on if need be. Um, and then you get, obviously, the two fullbacks, Shaw and Basaka, are given a lot of license to push on because you've got no wingers they're the only ones who can give you width. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of criticism of Aaron Wan-Bissaka's attacking play, and I thought he did relatively well in this game.
1: Yeah, I thought he was okay. Um, end product still does leave a lot to be desired. Um, but in terms of just work rate and getting up and down, I thought he did have, had a pretty decent game. It's just that end product with him, really, that's either inconsistent or just not there at all. And usually it's not there at all. Um, but yeah, I thought he's, it's a couple of his blocks as well. A couple of tackles. I thought he did really well with, but then you expect that from him. Um, I think it did help having Varan in there as well. He just looked like a very, very classy operator in the middle of that. He's clearly our best defender. I don't think it's close.
0: Yeah. I mean, he out of the kind of, you know, three summer signings is the one who's just slotted in immediately. Uh, you know sancho is the one who is slightly struggling to find his place and if we kind of continue with this system he's going to have the most difficulty although i have seen some people throw out the option of saying look if we're playing teams where you don't need as much defensive then maybe sancho can play that kind of right wing back role don't know what you think about that
1: it's not great off the ball sancho defensively wise i would be i mean lingard would be more my pick for a a wing back role over Sancho. I'm not I'm not sure, to be honest with you. If if anything, in this formation, I would I would see Sancho in that Bruno role. Um yeah. because he's quite intelligent, especially in his um his movements and his picking of a pass. Um that's the kind of role I would see him in in this formation. But yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see when he gets the game because obviously Bruno plays every minute of every game pretty much. Um very rarely rested. So, yeah, in, in, this, in this system, you have to wonder where Sancho will get his game time. But then, I, I mean, it's unlikely. i say it's unlikely. It's just, it remains to be seen whether this is it going forward full time. See, he'll... I don't think
0: it will be. At some point, Ole will revert to his preferred system. As I say, he's done this out of necessity. <clears throat> it's obviously not been his plan. And yeah, it has worked for this game. And yeah, wouldn't be surprised to see this against City. It, we might even do this against Atlanta because they he play will. three at the back. He will. Uh, like I said,
1: he'll want to prepare for the City game and get them comfortable in it. Um, and it just, it's just that it's just, it offers him protection, offers him being tight at the back. And with the way, rate where shipping go, I mean, this was our first clean sheet in what? A decade? I don't know. Um, yeah, it was only
0: Wolves so, that we kept a clean yeah. sheet in like game three or something like that. And that's it. So, two clean sheets this season.
1: The fact that this was a clean sheet will also offer him encouragement to stick with it, I think. Especially with Atlanta, who looked very dangerous in the first half against us. Obviously, Scott, two, went 2-0. And I think he won't want a repeat of that. So yeah, I definitely think he'll go three at the back.
0: Yeah, and I do remember that a lot of the times when he'd gone three in the back in his first season all late, It was matching the other team uh, when he used to do it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's, you know, Atlanta do play like that. But yeah, obviously he's not done, that's not what Spurs play. So it's not the reason he's done it in that game. Uh, But it goes from there. And then, you know, the last two to look at when we look at the average position chart, and if I remember, I'll try and put it out on Twitter because it is interesting to look at, is that Cavani is quite clearly playing slightly behind Ronaldo. Uh, so, you know, I think that was the thing you, that I wanted to see. When two of them play, and normally whenever either of them play, they will be the furthest forward player in the team, which is the one who kind of drops in and yet yeah, has ended up being Cavani. And he's the one, I guess, who's ready to do a bit more of that chasing work, a bit more of that pressing. And uh, yeah, kind of leaves Ronaldo to do his thing up front. And, you know, there's been question marks from me as well about Ronaldo, about is he the player that we needed? Is he the right one? But when he's doing things like that, scoring that goal, and even setting up, then you can't you can't question it, can you? No. I mean, I was the same as you. I
1: very much wondered whether we need him, whether it was kind of pointless buying him when we had the top end of the squad pretty much sorted out and it was just the midfield that was crying out for someone. But we've got him now. We might as well use the fact that he's a world-class finisher to our um, benefit. And we did in this game, world-class finish. Great blink-up player. Can't really have any problems with it. And he even came off. We even substituted him, which was wonderful to see.
0: No, and that is one thing. That is, you know, Ole is going to have to use the squad, uh, even if he thinks this is like, you know, he's found a system that works for now. He needs to rotate round. Ronaldo has to be rested now and again. You know, I, I thought the fallout when Ronaldo was rested for that Everton game was ridiculous. It was Because there has to be times when he starts games on the benches. There has to be times he's substituted. He cannot play every minute of every game. And, you know, as you just said, Bruno plays every minute of every game. This season, there is no reason for him to do so. You know, whether it's Lingard, whether it's Sancho, whether it's, I don't know, Van der Beek. Now and again, he has to use this squad. He has to give others a chance. And, you know, it's there's so many benefits to it. Like, one, it keeps players fresh and rested. Two, it keeps your bench and fringe players happy, and three, it gets that competition for places in the squad. Mm. There's too many players who just know that they're guaranteed to play, however badly they play. And you know, this season, I'd say the prime culprits are the likes of Maguire, Shaw, Bruno, who are the ones who, however badly they play, they're still playing. Even
1: for, the, even for although he's maybe likely to change one of them out for Matic or Pogba, but they know that they are the first two that to go in there um and like I mean, I said- earlier
0: in the season he was trying different things mm. he was quite and he, he you know he had this midweek interview where ole admitted they said listen we've tried to open up the midfield a bit this season uh so you know it has obviously been from instruction that he's tried different combinations and it's often been pogba but uh you know there's even been matic playing with fred and he's tried different things and He said, I've tried to free up one of the midfielders, and it's obviously failed very badly. Ended up with us being wide open every single time and giving away far too many chances. Um, So, yeah, but it looks like he's going to go back to that kind of solid midfield base in most games from now. Um, But, yeah, look, it remains to be seen how much he sticks to this, how much he changes it up. We will see. But for now, this is definitely going to be the way to go. The only big shame for it is. Is that I'm absolutely certain that Ole's actual vision for the future front line of our team was going to be Rashford on the left, Greenwood in the middle, and Sancho on the right. And we end up in the situation where all three of them are actually on the bench. <laughs> and, um, you know, and yeah, I saw that this was one of the oldest, I think it was the oldest lineup that we've put out.
1: Yeah, definitely like under
0: Ole. Or maybe 28 and a
1: half years old, I think. Um, something like that across the board. Um, so yeah, I mean he did say something about it being experienced like sometimes you need those experienced players to guide you through, which I guess makes sense. Um, but yeah like that, I mean it comes back to that point I made which is Oli clearly can't get a tune out of us offensively when we only play with four at the back.
0: Yeah, I mean one interesting thing from this game as well to look at was the XG um, I mean, I have, do you know what the XG from this game was? Because it might surprise you. Yeah, it
1: made no sense to me. It was something like we got one point five and they got one point two or something.
0: So yeah, Spurs at one point yeah. one five. Yeah, United one point four.
1: So not which makes no sense it... to me because we literally had um, two one on ones. Like the Rashford chance and the Cavani chance were both very, very excellent chances. You'd think, like, well over point five each. But yeah. I guess there wasn't not much else other than those. I guess, but
0: yeah, I, I mean, that's, I guess they're saying that Ronaldo's first goal is you know a very low N- yeah. XG chance to finish that. And um, I guess
1: apart from those, we didn't actually create many chances. But I can't think of what Spurs created. Spurs' best chance was I think Romero was about to head it into the net from a corner, and Ben Davies, who was one of our best players on the day, was Ben Davies <laughs> along with Harry Kane um, to grip. Create- Great performance for us on the night. Um, I think he just decided to do some sort of weird header and just cleared it from his, from him, our box, which was quite nice of
0: him. Um, but
1: other than that, like did De Gea well, they? Well, they had third? Son.
0: They had Son who missed from extremely close range, as you said. He was going with yeah. the wrong foot, and they also had Son who looked like he was through one on one with De Gea, and there was an amazing. Uh... That was offside, though. Was it definitely offside? Yeah,
1: they they pulled it back for offside.
0: Okay, okay, okay. So
1: that will not even count as a chance. Um, I mean, Son had a chance in the second half, which was, but that was outside the box. I think De Gea didn't really make a save, did he?
0: No, he didn't. I'm That's why, yeah, the... I did yeah. find this XG stat a bit bizarre. Uh, I mean, just looking back as well, because I don't think the guys mentioned it, but Liverpool, we were at 1.4 and Liverpool were at 4. So according to that, the score should have been 4-1, but still, I mean... look, <laughs> either way, it was bad.
1: I thought we were very comfortable, very comfortable. This is probably the most comfortable I've felt since, well, Newcastle, obviously, and Leeds, but generally against the big, it was very comfortable to the point where when Cavani passed it through, I want to say to Kane, and they had a two-on-two attack, I literally was not worried that they would do anything with it just because they had proven to themselves to be completely abysmal, um, especially Kane. Kane, I don't know what is wrong with him. He looks absolutely dreadful. Levy, Levy will have to pay someone to buy Kane off them, never mind selling him for hundred fifty million or whatever.
0: Well, I mean, with Kane, obviously he wanted to leave. Plus, as I've you know, said before, I think one of the main reasons we've been so bad defensively this season does go down to Maguire and Shaw and that they're on this kind of Euros hangover. And Kane obviously was one of the other players who played all through that tournament. You can also look at players like Raheem Sterling, who played nearly every England game and has done very little so far this season. I I don't think
1: he even plays for City, does he, Sterling, anymore?
0: He does play in cup matches and whatever, even if he's not starting the league games and he's done very little. And there's there's others, whether it's, you know, some of them have had injuries, but whether it's Calvin Phillips, uh, you know, there's other players there as well who've struggled this season. Um, You know, not every single one, but I think there is definitely something in that, uh, that, you know, those players had no real break and have gone straight into the season and have thrown straight into the deep end. But yeah, look, they're still going and, you know. But look, let's finish off the, the Tottenham game as there was the third goal. The second goal as well. Have we talked about the well, second goal? Well, we talked about it when we said which was better, Ronaldo's goal or Ronaldo's well, pass. Well, we talked there. about yeah. Ronaldo's pass. There, there was a big
1: bit of it, which was Cavani doing a, a wonderful finish. Really well-timed run and a great finish. Nice little dink over the keeper. Um, and not to not to keep ragging on Spurs, but you should watch Ben Davis for the second goal because he... Passed it to, I want to say, what's his Oliver Skip, who got robbed by Bruno. Again, good stuff by Bruno in that, that move and a good pass to Ronaldo. But hit Ben Davis and Cavani are level with each other. In fact, Cavani is just a bit uh, behind Ben Davis when Skip loses the ball. And Cavani shoots off. And Ben Davis just stands there and just watches him. And then maybe about five seconds later, decides, I might as well jog back. It's honestly awful defending. If one of our players did that, I'd be livid. Uh, but yeah, Cavani ran off. Nobody bothered to mark him. Great little run. And it's just nice to see Cavani and Ronaldo link up like that. Um, and yeah. Great finish. And that's Cavani's first goal of the season, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I think it is. I mean he hasn't played that much. And you know, every time we've seen him, he's looked absolutely on it. And, you know, we've all been saying he needs to play more. Um and yeah, he played. started. I think it's only a second start. It was only that Everton game, wasn't it? Mm. And he I look, he and Ole said himself that in the whole time I've been at United, this week of training, Cavani, it was the best week of training I've ever seen anyone have. So, yeah, he wants to be in this team. And, you know, that was, this has been the question with Ronaldo coming in, how would Cavani be? And a lot of people saying, oh, Cavani's going to leave in the winter window because, you know, Oli had gone out of his way to convince him to stay. And then when Ronaldo came in, he wasn't getting much of a look in. So there started being rumours that, you know, he's going to leave in winter. But, yeah, I think he wants to be part of this. He wants to win something here. Being back at Old Trafford with that uh, the fans behind him, you know, he's loving it and he wants to be part of it. And he's absolutely fighting to get that place in the team. Mm. Uh, and, you know, Ole has to do that. If players are performing, when they're coming in, they should play. You know, Lingard is another one who's unlucky. Each time he comes in for a sub-performance, he looks bang on it and deserves to be playing. Uh, you know, for me, I would mix it up as we go into Atlanta and give somebody like Lingard a run out and things like that.
1: Especially when we've got City on Saturday, Saturday morning City as well, isn't it? And we're away yeah. in, away on Tuesday. So you'd think, have to rotate a couple of players out.
0: Yeah, he's got to. There has to be some rotation. Uh, I mean, just before we have a quick chat on that Atlanta game, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors, Manscaped. Uh, we've got some new Manscaped copy. I know some of our guys get very bored of the stuff. So yeah, brace yourselves. Winter is coming. What the writers of Game of Thrones didn't want to tell you is that Bran was actually in a wheelchair because he didn't trim his balls with Manscaped. Poor guy thought it was okay to trim his balls with a traditional razor or hair trimmer. Not sure what you want as a gift for the holiday season? Well, Manscaped is the ultimate gift and they're here to change men's, the men's grooming game. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code UnitedHour at manscaped.com. So none of that means anything to me because I've never watched <laughs> one episode of Game of Thrones in my life, but I hope it means something to somebody out there. I was going to uh, say,
1: I'm looking forward to the audiobook version of you reading Game of Thrones.
0: Um, yeah, look, I'm, now, I'm gonna watch, I'll watch these things one day. I'm always like 10 years behind in these things. I've just like watched The Wire and I was just starting Breaking Bad soon. So yeah, I'm literally a decade behind everybody else. Um, <laughs> But yeah, look, let's look ahead to that uh, Atlanta game. Before we do, sorry, I interrupted you. We should talk about the third goal. Not much to say apart from
1: another goal for Rashford. What's that third goal? Three and four?
0: Yeah. And yeah, yeah, uh, he's looking on great form. I mean, I I did say he had a couple of chances against Liverpool as well that he could have done better with. But uh, I think a fit Rashford is back in there. And there's another one, yeah, who is chomping at the bit and say, look, I deserve to be starting every game as well. And that Mm. that is what we want to see. Uh, I mean, to be honest, we haven't got that much issue in attacking players. We've got so many options. So many are looking good. It's all more on the defensive and midfield side of things where we've had problems. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, for this goal, it was Nemanja Matic who came in as well from the bench. Two players coming in from the bench who made that third goal. Yeah, I mean, I thought
1: Matic should have come on a bit earlier just for his calmness and his passing, which was would have been nice to see with... Like I said, I thought Fed was poor. So I would have liked to see Matic come in from him a bit earlier. But yeah, I mean, that you'll get that with Matic. You'll get nicely weighted passes. I mean, it wasn't a difficult pass. And Rashford made that run. That same run, I think he made it three times. And that was the third time. Uh, and literally, obviously, Spurs decided not to mark him at any point, which is hilarious. Um, But yeah, he loves that finish. I think he'll probably start against Atalanta.
0: Yeah, I I, I would... If it was up to me, I would make quite a few changes for this Atlanta game. But we have to win this. Well, we don't have to win it, actually. A draw would be fine, I think. Yeah, I think a draw would be fine. We're currently top of the group. and We've got, yeah, young boys to come and another game against Villarreal. But uh, a draw would be okay. A win would obviously be ideal. Atlanta come into this game after a 2-2 draw with Lazio. And in fact, that was only a last-minute goal that got them the draw there. They're still missing quite a few players. I think one or two are back compared to the team who started against us two weeks ago. But they're not at full strength. Um, So, yeah, really, you should think that we should be going out there and looking to be come back with three points, which would nearly put us through in the group. Or I don't know, like, I've not looked mathematically. A win out there maybe mathematically actually gives it to us. Um, But, yeah, look, let's... We saw we can easily score goals against this team, especially since they're missing some players in defence. And it was only us throwing away that early start of the game and giving them a uh, two-goal start that made any problems there. But they are a team who's known for scoring. They are a pressing team. So, yeah, it's not going to be easy going away there. Um, I did actually try and get a ticket for the second time to go to this and didn't. I mean, for anybody who's been on the United ticket portal this year knows what an absolute mess it is uh they announced that they were going to sell tickets at an 11 o'clock on a certain day they actually did it 10 minutes early and by the time i got online it was basically sold out which annoyed me massively uh so yeah it was going to be my first euro away in ages but yeah we'll not be making it out there but we are going to have quite a decent contingent going out and yes the first time we'll be playing them in Bergamo, uh just north of milan I was actually just looking at Atlanta's story because they actually have a really great story that um, their owner played for them when he was young, had a career-ending injury at about the age of 23, ended up starting his own business, being a bit of entrepreneur in the clothing game, ended up being a billionaire, has bought the club back, pumped his money in and turned them into a Champions League team. So, yeah, I thought it was a nice little story of where Atlanta have come from. A story we all can relate to, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I'm still working on the billionaire <laughs> bit. Uh, but yeah, could be there one Fashioned day. Fashion by Nick, coming soon. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, uh, well done to Atlanta. As I say, they've now been Champions League team for a few years after being more of kind of a yo-yo team between Serie A, Serie B. Uh, But yeah, I, 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 like you would say, you kind of might be okay with a draw, but we should be looking at three points, which would then sit us pretty going through in the Champions League. And, you know, if we're through in the Champions League and still hanging around top four, then surely talk about Ole should disappear then, right? I mean,
1: people say football, things move on quickly in football, but it's really hard to come to, to move on quickly from that Liverpool game like it's going to stick with me for quite a while like just the manner of the defeat the manner of the performance the way we were set up like it was just so wrong on so many levels and it ultimately is one of our worst defeats like in our recent history for, no, for sure no it is the
0: worst it's the worst yeah. I can remember in like you know I've been Hot. a season ticket holder for nearly 30 years now uh, Same. But...
1: and like for me it's def- definitely the worst defeat for me personally I just don't want to blanket say that it's definitely is, but for me it definitely is. Worse than Spurs, worse than City, like def- worse than all those six ones. Yeah, just just on honestly awful. And I can't get over that because ultimately a lot of that loss laid at the feet of Oli for setting us up so poorly. And yes, the players take the blame, obviously they do, but we were set up so badly and it's just I can't forget about that as quickly as a good result over Spurs, a terrible Spurs and yeah qualifying from what is a very easy Champions League group, a convincing win against City might do some of the trick, but I think if we lose to City, I'll be I'll be right back on the why is he not left yet train.
0: Yeah, look, look, that is where we're at now. Ole is still living game by game. Uh, you know, we talk about three matches, and it was just a convenient kind of point because we're going to international break at that point. But yeah, even I see like Ole is kind of on report now and rightly so I totally agree with you you know that mess of that Liverpool match will not be forgotten quickly but two games coming up now if we could win both of these then at least we could go into that international break with people being a bit more quiet about Ole's future still after that as we look forward we're going to be playing Chelsea Arsenal on form Mm. Uh, there's Villarreal in the middle so it's not going to get any easier Uh, but look that's where we're at at least with some kind of steadying of the ship, but, you know, we couldn't have got any lower, really, after that Liverpool game. And I'm not going to start saying that everybody should be quiet about Ole out and start backing him, because no, you're right. You cannot forget that game quickly. But yeah, at least we're still alive at the moment. And I'll just say, look, let's give a bit of time, see, yeah, this week will tell us a lot, and then we'll still go into like the next month with question marks. And yeah, that only has to take the blame for a lot of things. I'm, I'd say that is fair at this point for people to be asking question marks. But I just, the thing I always hate is to see all the kind of abuse and whatever online. I mean, on this show, we've always been a bit more measured. And I think even everybody last week who was more or less saying, look, we're red, We're done with Ole would say that I think he's done a pretty good job for a couple of years. And maybe it's the end of the road for him. And I think that is a fair kind of conclusion to come to. I still am giving him a bit more time to see if he can turn it around. But, yeah, look, equally, as I say, if we can win these two next matches, we could lose these next two matches. And then I would have to admit, if that happened, that it's time for a change as well. Uh, We're not going to go into this show and start talking about other options and managers and things like that at this point uh, because we gave you a bumper show last time. We're going to cut it a bit shorter this week. But, yeah, unless anything major happens against Atlanta – We will be back after the Manchester derby. And look, let's hope there's a good result there. I mean, yeah, I am hoping to be there for that one. Uh, As I said, I hope to be there for the Liverpool one. And my voice is just about lasting through this podcast. But I assume you'll be at the derby, right Imran? Yep, I'll be there. All right. And yeah, we will reconvene after that one. But yeah, good night from us for now. Yeah, cheers.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.